Welcome to Map It Marketing for small business owners who want to become more confident and capable in their marketing. I'm Rachel Claver, and I'm a small business owner just like you. I've learned that there are so many different things that we are supposed to do all the time. And trying to work it all out is quite frankly often very confusing. In this podcast, we're going to explore what those things are and whether you need to pay attention to them. Ready? Let's get started. Have you ever felt overwhelmed in doing all your marketing? Well, I'm going to put my hand up here and say I certainly have. In fact, I often have a a period at least a couple of times a month where I just feel like I want to sign off from social media, take a break and just never sit again. The rest of the time I love it, I definitely have a love-hate relationship with marketing. This is episode 13 of Map It Marketing, had to count them up there, and I am going to be spending this time with you and me together walking through how to manage marketing overwhelm and how to take some steps towards making it feel something that's more achievable for you. I'm a busy business owner too. Yes, there are things in marketing I may find easier than you, but there's lots of things that you might find easier than me. Admin, for example, potentially you're better at admin than me and lots of marketing is just admin. You might also be more consistent than me in other areas of your life, not a strength for me. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what I have learned to do to make my marketing more manageable, what we're currently doing too, so you get a truth check around where I'm sitting and where you're sitting, and we're going to go through some simple tools and ideas to help you manage your marketing better. I'm really looking forward to sharing this episode with you because I can share with you all the tactics and strategies in the world, but if you're feeling overwhelmed all the time, I'm just creating a burden and that's the last thing I want to do. So let's get started talking about how to manage your marketing overwhelm. today is me. I am going to be talking to you about how to manage marketing overwhelm and I'm going to try and be as honest as possible about what I do to help make marketing easier for us as a business, acknowledging my privilege around the fact that I'm obviously a marketing strategist so hopefully I have some idea and also I am now at a stage where I have a team but I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how that came to be that way And also, I've worked with so many small business owners who really struggle to understand um, how to make marketing work for them and do feel overwhelmed by it. So I want to talk about this and talk about some of the challenges I have and what I do to help myself remember what it's like to be a small business owner with marketing overwhelm. Uh, I asked a question in my MapIt group, uh, which I'd love you to come along and join. It's called MapIt Marketing on Facebook, and it is a place that you can come and ask questions and get help and support and help reduce some of the overwhelm, I hope to. So give it a bit of a Google or check the show notes on rachelclava.com slash podcast, and you can come and find some information there to help you. There's also going to be in the show notes today a daily planner that I use and also a video showing the spreadsheet that I use to store my content for social media. So I really want this to be a practical and helpful podcast for you today. Uh, but in the podcast group, uh, the Facebook group that I was in, I asked the question, how do you deal with marketing overwhelm? And I want to say thank you to Heather Carrigan, who was one of the people in the group. She gave this great advice, and I might be this person for you, or it might be someone else, but she said that she always recommends sticking with one 
marketing mentor or coach or advisor at a time. So you can go through a whole lot. There's a lot of us. We're pretty common out there. But stick to just one and try and just use their content for a month and absorb as much as you can possibly from that. Take time to listen to it, to learn it and implement it and give it a go. And then you can feel free to move to someone else. But it stops that crazy whole overwhelm thing of getting a lot of information going to you. And I know that to create content, often you have to stop absorbing everybody else's content. Um, I'm hoping to have um, some other people who would be considered competitors of mine in later episodes. And uh, a couple of those people I don't personally follow on social media. It's not because I don't think they're great. It's not that I don't rate them. It's just that I want to make sure that when I'm creating content, I'm creating content that's my thoughts and my ideas to help you. I obviously still consume a huge amount of content and I can get some of my overwhelm sometimes from actually doing too much of that. Um, I love learning and sometimes I have to remember this is not the time now to learn that particular thing because it's not a focus for the business and I have to keep quite structured. I like the shining your objects. I get distracted just as much as many of you would as well. So I am very careful at making sure that I curate what I'm learning from all the way through to help me with my marketing. I want to talk a little bit about what I would recommend to do if you are dealing with overwhelm. The first thing is I want you to ask, what's really going on here? Is it that you're struggling with just the learning curve of learning a new skill? Is it the struggle of trying to fit it into your schedule because you're overwhelmed with everything else and you are trying to put out fires everywhere? Is it that you don't actually see marketing as a priority? Is it that you have no idea what you're doing in terms of who you're meant to be talking to, where you're meant to be talking to them and all those sort of things? Or is it something else? Like, is it just that there is a season in your life where family is more important and you've got to deal with that? Or, um, you know, you've got other stuff going in your life. I've had clients who've had, you know, um, partners who've had major health problems or other things. You have to sit back first and ask what's really going on here. I know for myself that generally when marketing overwhelm is overtaking me, it's normally either that something's out of whack with my actual life and I haven't been taking time to look after myself, so I'm just generally feeling overloaded. It might be because I have decided to go down a rabbit warren and learn a whole lot of new stuff and I'm in that painful learning stage. You know, like two-year-olds throw temper tantrums when they're learning stuff because they get frustrated and maybe it's just a frustration that I've got to get over by learning the skill? Or is it that I have overloaded myself and forgotten that marketing is part of my job? Um, I was um, in the shower this morning and I was thinking about this because uh, Friday is my podcast day. It is a day that I record my podcast. I actually interviewed for someone else's podcast today. It is the day that I do my marketing. I do a lot of writing and content and planning on this day. And it's taken me a long time in business to feel comfortable about doing that. I had this false belief that when you're in business, you should have every day available to your clients. Every moment of every day that you're working should be for your clients. And it is just not sustainable. I now personally only have two days of proper client contact. And the rest of the time is me managing my team because our team has grown. So some of us might not be in that stage yet, but this is where I'm at at the moment. I have one day a week where I manage my team. I obviously talk to them during the week, but that's their day. 
I have two days a week where I'm focused on um, my clients. And I obviously, again, email and talk to them during the week. But this is the time I have structured coaching sessions and strategy sessions. I have one day a week that's for my podcast and all our marketing. And I have one day to create strategic stuff for our clients um, or for our team to help move the business forward. And learning how to do that has been instrumental in stopping the marketing overwhelm. I'm working with a client um, who has got such an amazing schedule in the way they've, they've structured their week, but they actually didn't structure in daily time to do your marketing. I am on my marketing channels every day. And that is why I'm prolific. That's why I'm able to do things. And the reason I do that is essentially that I don't particularly enjoy having long, drawn-out sales processes. I don't actually want to have to go out and cold call. I don't want to have to find it hard to find new clients. Marketing gives me the opportunity to have people drop into our sales process really easily. And by the time they come in, they're so converted that it's a very easy process. It's just me finding out if they're the right fit, checking in, checking the pricings right, and then we make a decision. I don't have to go backwards and forwards with someone over and over again because the marketing is doing all of that for me, which motivates me and keeps me going. And I think that this has been part of why marketing overwhelm sometimes is one of those things that business owners have, is when we're trying to put out fires and we're trying to struggle with things, we forget to focus on our long-term thinking of exactly what that marketing is for. Marketing is to help you make things easier in the long run. But sometimes marketing also amplifies things that aren't going right. Um, I was talking earlier this morning on a podcast um, with this amazing woman, Tash, um, and she's a podcast about transformation. And she's a whiskey drinker. And I was talking about how marketing and alcohol quite related in some ways. Uh, some might say that that's a bad analogy, but what it means is that, you know, we know that alcohol is an amplifier. If you are having a great day, then alcohol just makes you feel happier. If you're having a bad day, alcohol makes you feel worse. And marketing's kind of the same. If there are problems endemic in your business, marketing will just make them better or worse. It just amplifies or makes louder what's already there. And so you need to think about, is there stuff that is, is holding you back that is HR problems that need to be solved? Um, are there issues around your values and just how things are managed in that way? Are you profitable? Are you currently making money? Um, is your pricing correct? All those things, which we do often when we're working with a client, we work those things out and, and check those things. But those things can prevent you from being able to do the marketing because actually there's something in you that knows that those things have to be resolved first. Because if you add marketing into those things, you're going to have a problem. You're going to have a problem that's quite big and can cause a lot of damage to your business. So sometimes marketing isn't the right thing to do right now. You can get clients without doing an awful lot of marketing. Don't tell me and don't tell the other marketers that I said that. But it is true. You know, like I work with businesses who have basically just done a lot of word of mouth and repeat business because they've just done work with one person who's loved it and come back and organic growth. If that's not happening in your business, you need to fix those other things before you do your marketing and stop weighing, making you feel like you should. Um, 
On the other side of that is if you've got a really busy business and you're going, look, I don't actually want to grow any further, then you don't have to add that marketing in. I per- I personally believe for me that no matter how much we grow and how busy we are, we always have a really strong marketing side. But that's because I preach consistency and I just want to keep options open. So I, I make sure that everything is consistent. I don't, but I believe if I'm telling my clients they should be consistent, I have to model that so I turn up whether I feel like it or not. But that's a habit that I've created over a long period of time. I want you to focus on long-term thinking. So first, make sure there's things that need, don't need to be that might need to be um, fixed before you do your marketing. But also remember that marketing isn't an overnight success. Um, you might be working on something for quite a long time before you see success. I normally say any new asset or idea or something that you do in marketing. It normally takes about six weeks before it actually starts to work and you start getting leads from it. So be aware that sometimes it does take a while to turn that boat around. And when you're stuck on putting out fires and you're trying to make sure you've got enough money, things like that, it seems counterintuitive to take time out of all that stress to do your marketing. But this is the most important time to do it. Because if you do it, eventually all that other stuff around trying to get more sales or you know make more customers, it's going to be easier because they'll drop in for you and you won't have to put as much effort in. So if you're spending a lot of time doing cold calling or a lot of sales and backwards and forwards, that's a sign to me that you need to invest more time and effort into your marketing to help it. Now, let's just talk around how you do this. Like, how do you manage the marketing overwhelm? So the first thing that I would say is you really must have a plan and a strategy. And I know that I do strategies, so I'm a biased around this. But what I mean by that is if you don't really know who you're talking to and exactly what that person looks like or feels like or wants wants to talk and you're not talking directly to that one person, and that's no matter what your business is, you always only talk to one person in your messaging at a time. So if you, uh, you don't have that who, and you don't know what you're meant to be talking about. So you haven't chosen those core two to four messages that you're going to repeat over and over again that people get to know you about. I always know that this is working when people use my phrases back to me when they say, oh, I've been a goat in a tree today, or you'll be glad to know I haven't killed a man with my face. I've been showing up on video, or I'm an iceberg. Those little phrases that I've got, they help me know that I'm getting through to my clients. You don't have to have fancy phrases, by the way. But just knowing what your core offering is and the thing that you do over and over again and having that really clear. So who and what and then how, what platforms or what areas of marketing uh, behavior are you going to do? If you don't have that straight, you can just be shooting off everywhere. And I am someone who loves shiny objects. And I know that so many of you may too, but it's so important not to get distracted. You need to stick and have a strategy. And then from that strategy, create a really, really clear plan. And that plan needs to be something that is manageable to who you are and your level of understanding right now. So I want to break that plan down a little bit. So one of the things that I teach my clients is, If the end goal is to post daily on LinkedIn, your initial goal might just be to download the app and for a month practice going on LinkedIn every day. And then the next month, what I want you to do, because we're focusing on long-term thinking, the next month, I want you to start commenting on people's posts. Now, if you're a a super-duper achiever, you can comment on people's posts well before that. 
But I want you to think about creating that long-term thinking of slowly changing the behavior over time so you get used to it. On LinkedIn, it's super cool. If you post on other people's posts, that's enough. If you've got a headline of where you are, you can get leads from that. And then you can up from that to posting your own posts and, and doing that until you've got this plan that is fixed and proper. Now, if you've got, I need to do LinkedIn and I need to do Instagram, I need to do Facebook, I need to be on TikTok, I need to have like um, an event, suddenly that's way too much stuff and it becomes overwhelming. So start thinking about long-term thinking is thinking, where do I sit and what can I do here to lift that up and make that better? Um, I've got a client at the moment and we had two things we had to do uh, last month. One was to be on LinkedIn and one was to develop a Facebook group. And I checked in with her and she said, oh, look, I'm really sorry. I haven't done the LinkedIn, but I'm getting all this stuff from Facebook and I feel so bad that I'm not doing the same time. Hey, if you're getting results on the thing you're doing, you don't have to jump in and do another thing to make more pressure for you. If the results are coming in and you're working with the level you are, only go up to more stuff if you either have capacity or and you and you want to learn about it or it's not enough and you have to grow okay so you don't have to do everything i normally say focus on one to two platforms and do them really well rather than be scattered gun uh, we are currently on pretty much every platform uh, but you know earlier in the year clubhouse came out and i had a look at it and i was tempted um, I like the idea of being able to catch up and talk to people. It's a bit of an ego thing too, you know, being able to talk to people and all the cool people were on it and I got on early, but I quickly discovered that it did not fit our business model and most of my clients weren't on there and really I would have only been on there to fit my ego and make it look like I was cool and not to actually benefit our business. Plus, it was such a time sucker and I am trying really hard to make sure that I use my marketing time wisely. Um, and so, you know, sometimes you'll say no to something that is the next big thing or the shiny object because it just doesn't fit. You have to choose the right thing. Does that invalidate anyone else that, that did that? No, not at all. I'm talking about my business. So really own, think about where your clients are and hang out on those two things, but focus and try and only do two. And if you have to smudge and make allowances to make that happen. Like you have to like kind of check the system and double post somewhere just to get your, your going up. And that is totally fine. So focus on long-term thinking and start small. <coughs> Excuse me. So start with your strategy. Realize you've got to start small. And then what I want you to do is to make sure you've got a plan. When we talk about doing a plan, I want to make sure that you have a really clear way of doing that. So one of the things that we encourage you to do is we take, when we do a plan with someone, we go through every area of marketing and then we break down under all the different areas. These are the things I want to see you doing in the first three months, the next three months, the following three months, the month after that. And then from that, I want you to think about what you need to be doing every quarter, every month, every week, every day. And you make an eventually plan, the plan that is the perfect amazing if you got all the stuff done you would be doing your marketing right that's your eventual plan but then you need to break that down into what is it that you can actually achieve today if you could say I'm going to do 15 minutes a day and this is the task I'm going to get done that day you will see a growth and a change and you just gradually add on so for example I'm going to take Instagram for me last year 
Instagram for a long time was a thing that I did not feel comfortable using at all. I really struggled with it, especially when it was all perfect, pretty formatted stuff because it's just not me. Thankfully, that changed and meant that you could not have to do that anymore, which made it a lot easier. I'm not great at perfect grids. But I decided that I was going to invest my time into learning how to write better posts and create better captions and do better pictures. So I got like proper photos done, all those sort of things. And I still sort of struggled with it, but I created a habit of making sure that I was showing up for a regular basis on my feed doing posts. I knew that stories was something that was important to do. I tried to do them and I could not get it a cohesive habit going. I also really struggled with the narcissistic feeling of it, of sitting there and talking to myself on camera, and I thought it was a waste of time. I had no idea what to do. And so I created a structure for myself and thought about what would I do and how would I say this and what things could I say and put like a structure in place for a week. Like this is the thing that I can say on a Monday. This is the thing I can say on a Tuesday. So I made myself a bit of a plan And then I just committed to myself that I would have to show up and do that just for a few minutes every day. I found this very difficult to do. I did not enjoy it. And I think part of the overwhelm is we confuse overwhelm from learning a new task with overwhelm from marketing. Um, And actually just that whole thing around time, they are two different things. It is never pleasant to learn a new task. I felt very uncomfortable. And at the time, um, we were working quite closely with um, an amazing woman called Brie from Simple Life Social, and she was part of our team. And she was really into stories herself, and I was enjoying watching her stories. She's got a beautiful, vibrant face. And she really, like, challenged me on this, and so I decided to commit to it. And after about six weeks, I got a client from my stories, which was awesome. But also around six weeks, I started feeling a lot more confident and capable around just showing up. It just felt more easy and natural. And I started having a bit more fun on the camera. And it does take a while. You know, some of you may never love it. I've got clients who certainly hate it and don't like that I make them do it. They do like the sales they get from it, though. Um, And so I did the stories and then stories became easy for me. It became simple because it became part of my day. Last year, reels came out near the end of the year and I tried a couple. I was so confused. Again, did not feel happy, did not feel enjoyable, and I felt overwhelmed by them. They were new, so I was trying to have to learn how they worked. Um, I couldn't do any of the snazzy, fancy stuff. I still, look, guys, I still don't do the snazzy, fancy stuff. I just isn't in my headspace at the moment. Um, but I couldn't do, like, the transitions. I felt like it had to be something else. I didn't really know what they, they were. And so I just gave it a go, but it felt uncomfortable. And I let it go because I knew that actually at that time there were other things that were more important to do until this year I went, you know what, I'm going to actually work how to do these out. So at this time, my feed is comfortable. I'm comfortably maintaining that feed. Then I was comfortably maintaining this, the stories. And then I went, okay, I will do this these reels. And I learned, I felt uncomfortable. I went from doing like one every couple of days to I'm trying to do one every day and that's stressful to now I batch mine and make a whole bunch of them at once and then I pass them out during the day. Now I can do reels really, really fast. And so you can see this transition where I'm not going, okay, I need to do Instagram. So today I'm going to do start my whole plan and I'm doing um, my feed and my stories and my reels and I'm going to do Instagram TV. I then started going, I'm going to do Instagram TV, which are the longer videos. And so I committed myself to doing one of those a week. 
And then I went, you know what, I'm going to try live. And I worked out live ghost Instagram TV. So I started, I now do a live video once a week. And then I spotted someone, I've noticed a lot of other marketers and things who are doing lives with someone else. And I was like, I'm not ready for that. And then this morning I messaged this lovely person, Sarah, um, who I think her Instagram is social with Sarah, I'll check. But she's great. And I said, look, uh, should we do a live together? Because then I feel like it's a bit easier to do it with you. And so we're going to schedule that in. I don't know when it will be. It'll probably be like in October. But I am gradually adding on bits and pieces. I'm not, it's called scaffolding. I used to be a teacher and it's it's called scaffolding, adding on to what you already know. I'm not going in and trying to do all of it at once. I'm getting to a point of competency and, and well, I think it's competency, of, of competency and fluency in something. And then I add on something else. And I every time I do that, I'm going to go through an uncomfortable period. So you can't do that across the board because you've just go into complete meltdown. You have to learn where your learning limit is and just take that time. And it means the first times are always a bit crappy. The first times aren't great. It's just about helping lift that game up and understand. So get those little challenges going in for yourself. So I do that. The other thing I do make sure I do is I do prioritize my time around this and allow myself time to actually plan things out. And I batch my content. So I said I batch my reels. So I I go through the week, you know, if I'm waiting in line for something or something like that, I might look at a few reels. And if I like the images and the songs, I'll save the song or the tune so I can use it later on. Just And then I get in and I just do a bunch of them at the same time. I have a little listen to the sounds, do a bit of a brainstorm, and then I I do them all together, um, and that helps. Um, and then I do the same with our um, our social media content. So I teach, you know, a lot of social media content can be evergreen; it, it can last more than once. So our clients get a spreadsheet. We use a spreadsheet as well that separates things out into the different pillars of content. And as you write it, you can either write it and put it into the pillar or into the spreadsheet, or you can be writing stuff in the spreadsheet and then get it scheduled. Um, And the benefit of that is, is as you grow, you can have a virtual assistant or an admin person come and actually schedule that stuff for you. Um, and, And so that can help reduce that overwhelm as well. Uh, so, so we have that. We batch. I batch write. Although I'm now about to start outsourcing that to a content writer to do some of my evergreen content, um, I can batch write that content and then put it in a spreadsheet. And then there's no not so much overwhelm. You know, we talked about in that previous um, episode. In I think it was episode. Um, 10, I think it was, around um, around doing, you know, being a good in the tree. I talk about batching your content um, and doing, you know, your frequently asked questions and things like that. So you can batch it and lead and do chunks. And once you've done that, don't go, okay, Monday's my marketing day. So today I've got to do, you know, a social media post for every day of the week and I've got to do my email and I've got to do these things. It'd be better to go, okay, this Monday I'm actually going to write eight posts that are frequently asked questions that are done once they're done they're done and I'm going to actually write those and put them in my spreadsheet and now I've got one a week and then at the end of that eight weeks I can repeat them and then the next week you go you know what I'm going to do today I'm actually going to write four emails that I'm going to have for the next month and they're all going to go out and then the next week so batch your content so it's much easier to do that instead of running around and trying to find how to manage things that's how I do it that's how well 
that's how I'm meant to do it and how I teach my clients. Sometimes I forget to do that. Sometimes I completely forget to do something and get distracted. So I don't always do that. I'm not perfect, but that is generally how I manage my content and how I teach our clients to do it. Um, I also uh, do a have a daily planner sheet. I'm going to give you my daily planner sheet um, that I use. I'm modifying it at the moment because I'm actually going to make a, like a cool little booklet of them. Um, but one of the things with the daily planner sheet that really revolutionized for me is that I know that I have to do marketing every day. There's some marketing I have to do. So I have a daily planner sheet and at the top it has my three priority tasks. And then it has a whole lot of to-do tasks, which apply a work and admin and all those sort of things. But those daily priority tasks, those are my what makes my business move forward tasks. And so there's generally a marketing activity on there. There may be something that's preparing me for growth. It might be working and like a system out so that my team can use it. But generally, there's a marketing task on there because I'm putting those on as a priority to go, if I don't even finish the rest of the stuff, I've done these things that will move my business forward. And that's such a good way of kind of thinking it through and making it, making it work really well for you. And I put my, it's also got room in there for my um, admin tasks and my just general to-do list. It's got in there um, some things that I would regret doing. So it says, what are three things or a few things that you would regret if you didn't do them today? So I put those in. And for me, those normally revolve around health and wellness, um, making sure I hang out with my family. And then it's got my appointments in there too. Plus, all importantly, it has a little space for what I get rewarded with, which sometimes is a nap. I will be totally honest with you. So those all those things help deal with marketing overwhelm. Um, it's really important, I think, to, to also, you know, once you get to the stage where you can, think about ways you can delegate. I've mentioned, you know, talking around um, using VAs. I'll, I'll tell you now what I'm currently doing and um, just allowing you to think about what you can do. So the first thing is um, I use a, a program called loom.com. Um, and what I do is when I'm doing a task that I know that could potentially be done by someone else, I just hit the loom.com um, Google Chrome extension and I can record my screen with me talking through it and so I'll, I'll talk myself through that task and then I can potentially give that to somebody else. Now I recommend with my clients to do that even if you're not ready to outsource, create a bank of those things so that when you are ready to get a virtual assistant or someone internally in your team to do some work for you, you've got this bank of, of stuff that they can do that they can just follow along. So um, I'm currently, at the moment, I have a blog writer. Um, her name is Erin Harrison. She's amazing. And I will um, block out my blogs and um, I will walk through them with a Loom video and talk them through, send that to her and it magically becomes a blog. Um, I write my own stuff articles. I do the podcast myself. I write all my podcast material and my content at the moment. That is me. I can't see that shifting off me at the moment. Uh, maybe that's a block, but actually it's partly because I, risk, I, I derive a lot of pleasure from it. Um, but my stuff blog that I write, I then give it to Erin to rewrite for our website because she can rewrite and change it. So I'm doing that only once. Um, I write most of our content for our captions, but I have people on my team who create the images for those. And I have a virtual assistant, Judy, who's part of our team who schedules those in. So that makes it easier for us as well. So, so finding ways to do that, we've used outsource help for case studies and for SEO and, um, and other things. So we've done that as we've grown. At, still at the moment, I always say, though, nearly everything we do, it starts with me learning how to do it myself. And I know that I'm a marketer, and so there's that sort of thing. 
But I do believe that business owners, we should learn how to do the basics ourselves. So we understand it. We don't get ripped off. We understand when the people use jargon at us. We understand what it means. And it helps reduce it overwhelm. I would love it um, if you could ta- if you could um, let me know. Come and be part of the, um, the, the marketing map it group. If you want to ask questions around overwhelm, or come and let me know how it goes. Uh, but I would I would hope that this has helped you kind of see for you what you can do to manage your marketing overwhelm. And, and remember at the beginning I said, you know, first ask what's really going on here. If there's other stuff in your life that's just overwhelming right now, have the grace to understand that your business isn't always the most important thing. And be aware of that and give yourself grace. I'm not making apologies for you. But it's really important as a business owner that we remember that there are seasons. There are seasons where I've had to put my parenting first before my business. There are seasons where I've had to step back or sort things out that were drastically wrong in the business before jumping into amazing marketing activity or any activity. So just remember that. Remember that, you know, your life and your business are intertwined. And so you have to have that. Um, I hope this has been helpful. I'm going to make sure that in the uh, the podcast notes at rachelclav.com slash podcast and the show notes there is that daily planner i'm going to give you a little video showing me my spreadsheet so you can see what's in there and you might recognize some of the posts that are there uh, and i'm also um, going to obviously um, share with you the facebook group that we've got as well and if you found this hope, um, helpful and enjoyed it i would love it if you rated and reviewed this today I've really enjoyed sharing some of these parts of overwhelm and and how I've accomplished getting over that. You know, I'm not perfect on these. I still do have days where I don't listen to myself. And I think that's part of that journey and and listening to who you are and how you work. Um, But let's not put our heads in the sand. Um, Let's not do that. Let's learn how to manage it. And remember, you only have to be a little bit less shit than your competitors. So do the bare minimum, guys. If you're getting enough sales, you're getting enough growth, don't push ahead to something that puts you in exhaustion. Just keep working towards the goal of adding two things slowly. Slow, sustainable improvements get you there in the end and will be more sustainable and will work for your business. Right. Good luck. Thanks for tuning in today to Map It Marketing with me, Rachel Claver. Make sure you hit subscribe in your podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And if you want notes or information about today's podcast, go to rachelclaver.com slash podcast for more information.